Good morning, friends, and thank you so much for joining Downstate Abbey. It's hard to believe it's almost the middle of February, and it's even harder to believe that it's been almost a year since COVID-19 wreaked havoc on so many lives, both globally and locally. And I really want to believe that there's a lot of good that can come out of the whole experience. I've learned a lot of things through it, and probably you have too, and I would love to hear from each and every one of you who want to offer any sort of insight as to how your life was changed, whether it be positively or negatively due to the response of authorities, officials, government uh, policy that was shaped in response to COVID-19. I really, I do want to hear from people. I have great conversations with people. I had a beautiful conversation with a woman yesterday. She's Vietnamese, and... She she really shared. She said, you know, I, and I, I don't know, you know, that th- she was giving me a manicure, a much needed manicure. Because <laughs> my I'm, anybody who knows me knows I'm I am a pretty low maintenance person. But lately, I've been trying to, I guess, just take a little bit better care. And I've honestly myself felt myself fa- falling, slipping into just some really dark, really heavy places. And it's been a roller coaster these months. But I think with winter, and I think just that whole seasonal effective factor, it's just been hard. And so I've really had to push myself in ways that I never really had to. Um, I never really had a feeling of heaviness on me when I would wake up in the morning until this past year. I mean, I just always felt like I had a plan in place something I was charging toward doing that morning. And this past year has been very different in that regard. And maybe some of you can relate. And maybe for some of you that just doesn't resonate at all with your experience. But it's been tough. And there have been some little things that I've made myself be accountable to, like going and having my nails done. Because somehow it's just, it's a way that kind of makes me put self-care at a little bit of a higher priority. It gives me an opportunity to have contact with a person. And I I have contact with a lot of people, but it's a contact. It's an intentional sort of activity. And for me, it it helps me to put myself in a, a better place mentally to put a little bit of myself a little bit of a higher priority and it might sound stupid but that's something that I about two months ago I was like you know what maybe every six weeks I'm just going to go I'm going to have my nails done my manicure I work with my hands and I've done that and so I'm only saying that to set the framework for what was talked about yesterday and I, I had a great conversation with this woman and she was telling me how you know she, she's like I'm just I'm very depressed she's like we watched our business for months was just dead. She's like, the landlords tried to be patient with us and give us time to pay our rent. and But after a while, you know, we needed to pay up or every day we were going to be penalized. And we're sitting in this absolutely beautiful storefront, she said, and she pointed, she said, we did all this new in January, new, you know, new tile, new chairs. I mean, I can't imagine the money they put into this. And she said, and we were shut down for months and months and months. And And now, you know, we can only do every other chair. So when people do come in, even if they have masks on, we we can't put them in every chair. And she was saying how she had a trip planned to go see her elderly father in Vietnam. And that was right at the time that things were, 
you know, just surging in, in that area of the world. And she was just talking to me and sharing just how, how hard this has been for her. She doesn't know if she's going to see her father, you know, and, and she looks at this business that she's built up. I mean, here's a woman who immigrated to this country, worked her tail off, provides employment to other people, provides you know, occupancy in a storefront, which is going to become a rarer and rarer thing if this trend, especially in New York State, continues, this treatment of small businesses. I mean, what a treasure of a woman, honestly. And it was so great to to share a conversation with her. And I just thought... Her story is so not unique, you know, and so many of these policies that have been put into place have been so unbelievably unfair. And I, I that that'll be a whole different talk, a whole different day. But I just wanted to really talk today about this past year and how everyone has learned an awful lot. And I'm going to tell you what I've learned in this past year, and it's this. I've learned the priority with which our government, especially our state government, is going to treat its citizens. I have learned that the weak, the vulnerable, the elderly will be treated like caged animals if there isn't a change in our government. I have learned that there's a lot of talk about equality and there's a lot of completely contradictory behavior. I've learned that we have leaders who, who claim to believe that black lives matter and treat communities of color with complete disregard, disdain, and outright dereliction of duty in protecting these people. I've learned that science is only followed when it's beneficial to whatever political ploy is being put in place in that moment. I've learned that we have an educational system who is comprised of many amazing teachers, amazing amazing educators, amazing professionals, many of whom have had their hearts breaking this past year, seeing their kids, you know, their students deteriorate, being frustrated. I, I get that. You know, everybody's hurting here. I've also seen, though, that this, this system needs a complete shakedown, rebuild. It is not serving the people who are funding it. It is not. And you know what? And if, if you are going to hear me say that and not be willing to have an actual discussion and talk and hear each other's hearts, you're just going to write this off as Abby is anti-public education, then you're part of the problem because you're not listening. I think that this past year has shown that the working class people are at the absolute bottom of the food chain in the bureaucratic machine that runs New York State. I have learned in this past year that you are completely on your own. If all of the pillars of all of the anchors of our community that just kind of hold things down, hold things together, all just fall by the wayside, there is no safety net, okay? There is no safety net for the essential workers who (laughs) have held everything together these past months, almost a year, have shown up, have taken care of patients, have been the ones to do the personal care on patients, to bathe them, to feed them. These people are the ones who have been completely forgotten about completely. They're the ones who have to figure out if I continue to go to work and pay and help 
my workplace care for its patients, I'm going to probably bring home half of what my unemployed counterparts are going to bring home. And I'm going to have to probably pay for childcare because schools are just closed. And the working class people have been completely dumped on this past year. This past year has shown me that there is such disregard for people, for the working class. It's almost like somebody wants to just make them disappear. The working class just completely pulverize them because even the, the policies coming down from the federal government, a lot of them were just plain stupid. Why in the world? Why in the world would everybody get a stimulus check? I know people who... Their income has not changed one little bit. I can think of families in which, you know, both, both husband and wife are making a living, are making a fabulous living on the back of the taxpayers. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who their income did not change at all during this entire, entire ordeal. Why in the world are these households getting pumped with money while the person that's making you know, just above minimum wage, being an essential worker has to somehow find a way to pay childcare, show up to work and have hardly anything left at the end of the week. There's There's been no help for these people at all, but everybody just gets a stimmy check. I have seen in this past year, quite honestly, that we have leaders who are complete idiots. I, I mean, I'm just going to say it, complete idiots and either idiots or evil you choose one or the other because you're either completely incompetent with the policies that have been put in place or you're just pure evil and you're literally trying to destroy people that need help the most and people who are holding life as we know it together i have learned in this past year that our governor andrew cuomo will take the side of the criminal as opposed to the victim every time he has an opportunity to. I have learned in this past year that if I chose to be a drug dealer and peddle you know, my diabolical wares throughout my community and I got caught, I would still be allowed to stay in business. But my, my own business would get shut down by Governor Cuomo in the name of safety, in the name of being New York smart, New York safe. I have learned that when our governor gets called out for horrible, horrible decision-making, such as the nursing home mandate that told nursing homes, you have got to admit a COVID-positive sick person to your facility versus sending them to a hospital. I saw that in writing. I'm posting it on the Downstate Abbey Facebook page again, in case you missed it. When he got called out on that months ago, he blamed the essential workers and said they were the ones who were bringing COVID into the facilities. I have learned that our governor will put mandates in place that are completely impossible for people to follow and to abide by. These privately run nursing homes and facilities, if this keeps up, they're not going to be in existence. So imagine, if you will, you know, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone every day, actually. Imagine, if you will, a society in which elderly are expendable. That's what we're heading to. That's what we're heading to. You talk to people that have tried to keep these nursing homes floating for the past year. You talk to them about how it's been like, surprise, 
Every time they open the mail, every time they get an email from, you know, the Department of Health, surprise, surprise, shorty, surprise, fine, 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 here, there, and everywhere, getting fined for the most ridiculous, trivial things, being forced to comply with mandates that are totally out of reach for them. How many tens of thousands of dollars do you think it costs the average facility to implement the testing that Cuomo pulled out of, I don't even know where, months ago? When he said, oh, you know, by the way, essential workers are going to have to get tested twice a week. I'm not saying that was a bad idea. I'm saying months and months and months went by of people being treated like caged animals in these nursing homes, not allowed to see family, not allowed to have physical contact with their loved ones. And then, you know, the numbers start kind of coming out as to how his mandate, him and Zuckerhead's mandate, that COVID be planting in nursing homes so that it could spread like wildfire people started calling him out on it and that, then it turns into we're going to test the essential workers in these facilities twice a week facilities were like what are, what do you mean how are we going to do this we don't have the equipment we don't have the financial resources to do that and his answer when a reporter asked him about it in a snotty way was uh, well you know something to the effect of well the state's going to provide the test kits Okay, a, a test kit, really? Like the swab? The state's going to provide the swab. Great. But the actual processing of these tests was totally on these facilities for the longest time. And then apparently the, f- the federal government sent in these rapid test machines at some point. But th- what a disaster. What an absolute disaster. This year has shown me that you and I, the working class people the, and the lower income people, have no one advocating for them at all. The elitists who haven't missed a paycheck since March 13th, the elitists who seem to think that their perception of safety is more important than the actual safety of our communities, the elitists who seem to be able to say that Governor Cuomo has done a good job, which either points to A, they're completely inept and not paying attention, or B, they're just as evil as he is. There is no third option, I'm sorry, except for maybe all of the above, C, all of the above. This past year has shown me that there is a divide in the way people view people. This past year has shown me that this whole white privilege thing is an elitist mentality that takes laws that are being passed by Governor Cuomo, laws that are absolutely sickening to anyone who values humanity. And these elitist creeps say that this is progress when what's really happening is criminals are being turned out into the streets over and over, catch and release, catch and release, catch and release. Explain to me what's empowering to black communities when when they're trying to get to work in the morning, they have to look around their shoulder and make sure they're not going to get hurled onto the subway tracks. What's empowering to communities of color when a member of their community is killed almost a year ago protecting passengers on a, a Harlem subway but because it was intentionally incinerated. It was intentionally lit on fire by someone who apparently hasn't been apprehended yet, but is seen on footage milling around in that subway before it takes off. And that person is a frequent flyer in the jail system and has a known record 
for being an arsonist. Nathaniel Avenger, look it up. At, tell, tell me why. If Black Lives Matter, Governor Cuomo, why in the world have I not heard the names Garrett Goebel, Sandra Wilson come out of your mouth in the past year? These people died heroes protecting their community and being victimized by your, literally by your policies, your policies. So, you know, explain to me, explain to me, teachers union in New York, why you haven't said a word about the fact that Governor Cuomo put down crimes against children on this bail reform. Why? Crimes against children, promoting an obscene act by a child, possessing an obscene sexual act by a female genital mutilation, bringing an illegal firearm onto school grounds. Why have you said nothing? Nothing! But we're expected to just keep pumping our money into this dumpster fire and you're not even going to stand up against a governor who's jeopardizing our children? That's what this year has taught me, people. It's taught me a lot. And I think it's taught you an awful lot, too. And here's the thing. We're coming up on one year here, man. We're coming up on Friday the 13th of, of 2020, a year later, Saturday the 13th, 2021. What are we going to do? Really? Are we just going to sit by and allow our children to deteriorate? The mental health crisis is an epidemic that is getting not nearly the attention it should be. We have kids who are so profoundly depressed and discouraged and they've been forced onto the internet, which I'm sorry, but if you if you can't see the damage that this excessive use of electronics is perpetrating in our young people, in our adults for that matter, you might be blind because it is creating such dysfunction. It's, it's hard to even quantify it or put words to it. We are living at a time where a global slave trade like nothing we can even imagine is happening right under our noses. And our kids are forced onto the internet most of their waking hours. They're forced to put masks on so that they're completely unrecognizable. And we have laws being passed by Governor Cuomo that literally, literally empower pedophiles. Literally empower people who cause unbelievable harm to other people. Monroe County last year, Monroe County back in March, the sheriff in that county said, I don't even know what's going on. We just got a notice from the state that 50 inmates had to be released because Governor Cuomo didn't want them to catch COVID in prison. It included 15 convicted sex offenders, three of whom were convicted child rapists. Where are they now? Where's the contact tracing on them? Andrew Cuomo, where are they now? Where are they now? 7,000 plus inmates have been released from our prisons. Now, these are people who law enforcement had to work long and hard bringing into custody. And you're going to call this social justice, okay? Pedro Vinent Barcia, go look that one up. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like the most, this guy is like the poster child of just how bad Governor Cuomo and his leadership has been. That someone who committed such a despicable crime and crimes as Pedro Vinent Barcia was let out of prison back in March because, again, the mandate, 
Cuomo doesn't want these inmates to take a chance of catching COVID in prison. Now, they, what, they can't wear masks? They can't be sequestered? They can't, like what? What? Follow the science. Where's the science? Where's the science of criminology? We're, we're, oh, we're not going to follow that science. Well, okay, we're just going to follow this science over here that's really a pseudoscience that makes no sense, and we're going to let criminals loose who commit, committed some of the most despicable crimes. Okay, Bernice Rosado. Pedro Vanette Barcia's victim. She was stalked by him and he approached her on a city street and stabbed her to death. Multiple witnesses saw him do it. It was caught on surveillance footage. That guy, that guy got let out back in March. That guy. Contact tracers. Where is Pedro Vanette Barcia? Where's he at? Where is he? Where? This guy also, before he butchered Bernice Rosado, God rest her soul, I cannot even imagine what her family goes through knowing that the guy who slaughtered you know, their daughter, their sister, their mother, their friend is on the loose because, you know, because of COVID, because of COVID, because of COVID. Stop. This, this same guy, Barcia, he, he, he. <laughs> Bit off a girlfriend's ear back in, in Florida, like years prior to him slaughtering Bernice Rosado. And he was let loose. And there's some of you who have said, and maybe not those of you listening, but I've literally heard people say, they're only letting low-level offenders out, Abby. Relax. They're only low-level offenders. Really? You're delusional. Anybody who thinks that it's only been low-level offenders is delusional. And you're selectively delusional because the facts are right there. If you care at all about this, if you care at all about combating rape culture, if you care at all about protecting our children, our women from sexual assault, if you care at all about taking a stand against the global slave trade that does not discriminate race, religion, creed, then you cannot stand by and not say anything about this leadership of Andrew Cuomo. You can't because you're complicit in it if you don't stand up against it. You're complicit in it. I'm complicit in it if I choose to not stand up against it. This is a disgrace. A disgrace. So you take communities of color, okay? Let's talk about how black lives don't matter to Governor Andrew Cuomo. Let's talk about that for a second. These policies have such a concentrated impact on communities of color, and I'll tell you why. Statistically, look to the science. Communities of color, especially our downstate communities, are, are far more heavily crime-ridden. Newsflash, they are. There's gang activity, there's drug activity, okay? It runs rampant in many of these communities. People living in these communities are doing the best they can to survive, to get to their jobs, to keep their kids safe. So when you're taking inmates and you're dumping them out of these prisons, now keep in mind the state does a crap job of keeping track of its parolees, okay? They lost like 3,500 of them before COVID. I mean, it's literally the biggest mess you can possibly imagine. And yet the amount of money that's thrown into this, the amount of money that's thrown into the prison system, private prison, like, oh, I I honestly think our prison system is being run like the mafia. I mean, really, there's good employees in these systems. There's people that are in, in the career of corrections to make a difference. There are beautiful, wonderful people. But I also think that they're surrounded by a lot of evil in these systems. And then the evil comes straight from the governor by saying, okay, we're going to open the floodgates. We're going to let these prisoners out because we don't want them to contract COVID-19. Now, your kid gets to get locked in their house 
so that they don't contract COVID-19. But these prisoners who have done horrible, horrible things, some of whom have committed horrible acts against children, get free reign. And then they get to wear a mask everywhere they go. So if you want to hold up a store, if you just want to randomly attack somebody, if if your mental health issues are what propelled you into a life of crime, it's like the purge right now, man. And I'm not even exaggerating. Look at what's going on downstate, especially in our communities of color. Look at what is going on. If black lives matter, Andrew Cuomo, why in the world are you victimizing our black communities with these horrible policies? Why? You're literally giving free reign to our drug dealers. You're literally giving free reign to people who peddle child pornography. You're literally giving free reign to the most evil industries on the planet. You're destroying our communities. You're destroying our state. People, at what point do we show up and say we have had enough? We choose peace. We choose safety. We choose justice. We choose the value of our children, our women, our families, our communities. We choose to voice and be a voice for the people who cannot speak for themselves. These kids who are stuck home with parents who have drug addiction issues or stuck home with a mom who has a boyfriend who keeps showing up and beating the snot out of her because bail reform, bail reform. Yes, this is the part where all the feminists come out of the woodwork and they start knitting hats and saying, this is wrong. Look at what the bail reform has done to victims of domestic violence. Look at, you can, you can read papers from across the state. If you want to be informed, get informed, okay? Because when you look at this bail reform on paper, anybody with half a brain can look at that and say, hey, this is going to go bad. And you want to know what? A lot of people said, hey, Cuomo, this is going to go bad. And you know when they said it? They said it in 2019. They said it before it was signed. They said it after it was signed, but before it went into effect on 1-1-2020. And they keep saying it because everything they said was going to happen has actually happened. We take crimes against women and basically give the soft touch, the pat on the wrist, Go take your appearance ticket. I don't want to see you back here, young man. Do you understand me? That's literally what police officers are forced to do when they have an individual brought into custody who has been beating the crap out of their girlfriend, their wife, their domestic partner, whomever. That's exactly what's happening. And then you know what else is happening? That perp is going right back. Same address, same victim, and trying to finish what he started. So if you're a kid caught in one of those households right now, how New York safe are you? Really? How New York safe are you? Cuomo, how New York safe are these kids who are stuck in domestic violence situations in which the victim, which, you know, more often than not is the mother, is stuck in these situations because she knows if she goes to the police, it's going to be catch and release. It's going to be catch and release. And then you're going to have a perp even more ticked off and God only knows what's going to happen then. Wake up. Those of you who are not seeing this for what it is, you need to wake up. And I'm getting really tired of people who hold these 
these college degrees and have absolutely no sense of what's literally going on right right in front of them, okay? I'm not really impressed with, with you with your gender studies degree and your master's in social work and working on, you know, your second master's in, in whatever. I'm not really impressed with that if you can't see that this policy, this bail reform is completely a slap in the face, a spit in the face to all the effort that's ever been made for women's equality, women's safety. It's totally, totally counterintuitive to logic that anybody who says they care about advocating for victims of sexual assault isn't the first one opening their mouth, fighting back against the policies of Andrew Cuomo. What I have learned in this past year especially is what our leaders say and what they do are quite often the polar opposite. What I have learned this year is what is being painted as safe is absolute treachery. What I've learned is what's been painted as smart is completely Neanderthalic mentalities. What I've learned this year is that we in this state are poised to be an example to a watching nation and a watching world of what a people group do when their leaders completely abandon all things good. We have got to bind together. We have got to push back. There are people who do not have the opportunity to push back, okay? There are people who fought for our freedoms. There are people who taught us how to read in elementary. There are people who responded to domestic violence calls when we were children who are now elderly individuals, and they've been locked up. They've been treated like caged animals. They've been robbed of any autonomy over their own bodies, over their own existence. We've got children who are being robbed in the same manner, in the same manner, Ruby Bridges, how, how hard did that girl have to fight to be able to, to sit and be taught with children who had, you know, less pigmentation in their skin? How hard a battle had to be fought for equality. And now we're just going to take that and throw it away. And we're just going to throw it away because we have a governor who is completely destroying these very communities, totally robbing them of opportunity, totally endangering them. People, we've got to be better than this. I'm telling you right now, if the civil rights leaders that went before us, if Susan B. Anthony, if Martin Luther King, if any of these people could just be transported here right now, they would be flipping out at what's going on right in front of our noses. I, I, I guarantee they would be flipping out at the fact that our governor is completely destroying this state and victimizing our communities, victimizing our women, victimizing our communities. You and I cannot afford ourselves the luxury of just sliding on this and just not not pushing back in every way that we possibly, possibly can. I'm going to urge each and every one of you, get more involved. Please sign up at cancelcuomo.com. In the next week, we're going to be starting weekly mailings through that website, through that. So you have to sign up through the website. We need a way to get in touch with people outside of social networking. We need a way to spread the word across the state that we are united in this 
There are more people that feel the way you and I do that see the victimization that's being perpetrated in the name of social justice, and we're not going to stand for it. We're not. We are not. So please join the community at cancelcuomo.com. If you're an individual who would like to be featured on the Downstate Abbey podcast, please reach out to me. I want to hear from educators. I want to hear from law enforcement, from citizens, business owners. I want to hear from people who work within the skilled nursing field, nursing homes. We need to talk because we're, we're spoon-fed these little pudding cups of pseudo-information, pseudo-facts every day, and they are a horrible, horrible representation of the whole picture and what's really going on. So if you want to be part of the solution, this is the place to do it. I love you all dearly. I, I'm willing to fight for you. I know that you're willing to fight for this state. We have got to unite. It's been almost a year. We've learned an awful lot. Now we need to take those lessons and run with it. I love you all. Do something amazing today.